Hello, Porcelain Peeps. Welcome back to another strange summer edition of Porcelain Peak, the strange and scary podcast that covers everything from horror to sci-fi and all the cracked screens in between. I am one of your hosts, Anthony, and I am joined by John. What up? How's it going, dude? Uh, not bad. I'm getting over my Black Mirror depression. <laughs> just slowly but surely becoming a normal human again. Yeah, let's call it a BM hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like John mentioned briefly, we are going to be talking about the newest the fifth season of Black Mirror. We're going to go through all three episodes, kind of pick them apart, let you know what we think, and talk a little bit about how it compares to the other seasons. So stay tuned for that. Before we get into that, we are going to hit you guys with some news and trivia, and then we're going to end the episode out with our watch list. So let's get started with some news. Uh, there's a bunch of news. Obviously, E3 was this week, so there are going to be a couple of game announcements. That Dark Crystal movie that we're getting on Netflix, they're making a Final Fantasy Tactics-style game around that movie co-developed by Netflix and some other company. And then it's uh, coming to Nintendo switch. Yeah. It looks interesting. And I like that style game. I played final fantasy tactics a lot. And then having that kind of veneer on it, it's definitely something I'd be worth checking out. Also a, another big one. And the trailer for this looks super dope. They're making a Blair witch game and it looks scary as shit. That's tight. Yeah. Is it supposed to be... Survival horror. Wow. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Is that coming to Switch? Do you know? Uh, I doubt it's coming to Switch, but we will bring we can bring over a big boy console and have some fun. I feel like those games would be really cool in VR. Yeah. Scary as fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Wasn't one of the last Resident Evil movies, or no, games rather, yeah. supposed to be like that? Resident Evil 7 was. I'm not sure about the Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, but Resident Evil 7 was definitely a VR game. And I guess disappointment, depending on how you felt about it, but that Swamp Thing series that we had talked about is already canceled. Yeah, so uh, I was really upset by you know, upset by this. It was something that, uh, based on the trailers, it looks super interesting. They've, I think they've released two episodes at this point. I haven't checked them out. See us later in the podcast to talk a little bit more about that. I think that this is kind of a disservice. Like they got a really good cast on board for this. They got a an excellent producer on board for this. So why not just let it run out? That it, from what I'd heard early on was that they had already ordered a second season for it. But it's looking like there were some things going on behind the scenes, and it's tough to say how exactly this is going to turn out. So we'll see what happens at the end of this season maybe see if somebody else is willing to pick up the torch and dc's allow- allowing that to happen or not but i kind of doubt it i think this is going to end up just staying in limbo once it's done they didn't even really give it a chance yeah how are you gonna know if people are responding to it if you don't even have the whole ep- season out yet they didn't even give it the full 13 episodes that they wanted they cut they're cutting it short at 10 wow that's yeah. kind of shitty yeah all right well moving on and a piece of lighter news the day Today, that we are recording, happens to be the 13th, and is Jason Voorhees' birthday. Oh, yeah. So, if my calculations are correct, he is 73? (laughs) Maybe. That's kind of an interesting idea, and I can't believe that it's been 10 years since the last 
because it was 2009, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Since the last time they tried anything Friday the 13th, that's nuts. They should have just done it where he was hella old. Yeah. Right? I mean, we got old man Myers. We also got uh, uh, old man Logan in, in Logan. Right. And speaking of them remaking movies, it was announced, or well, the poster was released today, that Blumhouse is going to be reimagining, whatever that means anymore, a remake of Black Christmas. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, uh, go back to a further episode closer to Christmas uh, to check out our actual thoughts on the original Black Christmas and the thoughts on the remake of it. Uh, I'm interested to see if someone else gets it right, taking a stab at it, because they both had their problems. They were both decent movies in their own right, but like, uh, they, they, there were things that were left on the cutting room floor that could have made that better, I think. And we'll see how it turns out. Blumhouse is a pretty good track record. I just hope that they make it something substantial. Mm-hmm. Because if not, they're just making a holiday horror movie. They could have called it anything else. When yeah. you use a name like brand recognition, then there's a certain expectation that comes with that. So I hope that they really put heart into it. Especially for one of the one of the movies that really pushed forward like the tropes of the slasher genre. Exactly. There was a, a trailer dropped. Uh, there was a countdown for it last week that we missed out on, but they dropped the trailer for Three from Hell. Very teaser of yes, a trailer. very teaser of a trailer. <laughs> but it's Rob Zombie. It's our favorite characters from House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Let's get it. I'm ready. From, I don't care how teaser it is. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't know what it's about. They haven't really released any plot details, but it seems like they're just going to come back to life and wreak havoc. Yeah, I'm... I'm chill with that. <laughs> Which is kind of scary in its own right yeah. and pretty dope. So hopefully he knocks this one out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, another Netflix offering, I Am Mother. This one looks super weird. So it's like post-apocalyptic and it's this robot in a ship that is like taking little like embryos and like basically creating life out of them so that she... Starts raising this child, this little girl, and like raise it, like pretends to like be its mother, and like like they have this like weird relationship, and then all of a sudden Hillary Swank shows up, who's an who's another human, even though there aren't supposed to be any more humans, comes on the ship and starts like like trying to take out the robot, saying like this is all like a, a setup, like the things that are going on outside are terrible, like it, it looks interesting. That sounds weird. I haven't yeah. seen the trailer for that, but I've yeah, heard... But it's out on Netflix. Check check it out if you're interested. Yeah, I've heard people are interested about it and watching it. Um, last one I'll mention, and I didn't watch the trailer for it. I saw it uh, last week. For I Am Mother? No, for uh, Ad Astra. Oh, no, we watched that one, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so that's another one. Ad Astra's coming out. That's Brad Pitt, and it's like a science fiction thriller type movie. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember the trailer. <laughs> well, so it looks like it's kind of like... It's supposed to be set like further back in time, but also at a time when we have more advanced space travel. Uh, but basically, uh, there's a we have Brad Pitt who is a space traveler. He is like a NASA person, and his father apparently is out. Like I think they call those astronauts. Yeah, an astronaut. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> You're an asshole. Not um, keep it moving. <laughs> So they send him out to go look for his dad, who is apparently out there trying to like make some huge leap forward in space travel. Uh, but they're 
something turns out that like he's oh, like trying right. to like go against the government or some weird shit. I, I the trailer was a little convoluted. Uh, it looks beautiful, so we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, I I like watching space movies even for just that where they yeah. look great, and that's been the case I guess since two thousand one. Where yeah. if you're doing a space movie, it needs to look good. Yeah. All right, and then the last one I had is they released the trailer for Doctor Sleep. I did mm-hmm. not watch the trailer, but this is a sequel to The Shining. Yeah. Which is weird. And the the poster is just red rum and then Doctor Sleep spelled backwards, whatever that amounts to. <laughs> Peels. <laughs> Peels are... <laughs> Sounds like a beer. I don't know. That's a weird. I think it's weird that King wrote a sequel to The Shining. Yeah. And now I think it's weird that we're getting a movie. I wonder if it'll be as loved as The Shining is. I sincerely doubt it. But... Uh, I mean, that was a pretty chock full uh, week of news there. I mean, and I'm sure there's probably stuff that we're missing currently right now that's going on. But like I said, if you head on over to our Instagram, we probably already saw it. It happened right after we were finished recording. Happens on a weekly basis. All right. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff even now that I am remembering that I'm like, well, we could talk about that, but that was a pretty thick news segment. So that's going to be the end of that. If there's anything we missed, then feel free to let us know so that we can talk about it. And if you've seen the trailer for Doctor Sleep, then let us know your thoughts on it. Because if you're a fan of horror and you're listening to this podcast, then I'm sure you probably have an opinion on something like that. But that being said, let's get into that trivia. Trivia! We are back to the Stranger Things cards, the totally 80s slash Stranger Things cards. And the first category is going to be movies. Steve Martin and Michael Caine play competing con artists working on the French Riviera in what movie? I have seen this movie and I cannot think of the name. It's not Pink Panther. I was going to say Pink Panther. It is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's right. Fuck. A dragnet based on the classic TV show co-starred what Blues Brothers star as a member of the LAPD? Dan Aykroyd. It's Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, sick. I saw, you over there, I saw you over there mouthing Belushi. I saw it. I saw it just like <laughs> slowly eke it out of your face and you're just like, Dan Aykroyd. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, that's one up for me. The next category is going to be TV. What city in Spain is also the last name of Alvin and the Chipmunks caregiver, Dave? Madrid? It is not Madrid. It is Seville. Uh, Dave Seville. Yeah. Your question is, what company's tireless drumming Pink Bunny made his debut in 89 TV commercial? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Energizer. That is correct. That's tight. So that's to me. And the next category, John, is probably going to be your go-to, the music category. Good luck. What planet shares a name with a 1986 hit by Bananarama about someone who's got it, and more recently, a brand of women's disposable razors? Venus. That is correct, sir. All right. We got a game on our hands. Uh, What eurythmic song... Described a certain weather event as falling on my head like a new emotion. Hurricane. It's definitely not a hurricane. The song is called Here Comes the Rain Again. Here comes the rain. 
All right. Well, fuck. Still two zip. Two one. Oh, sorry. It's still two one. I always just forget about you. Trying to cut off my credit. <laughs> All right, we got famous people and events. In 1980, what team with Mike Schmidt won the World Series for the first time in its 97-year history by defeating the Kansas City Royals? The St. Louis Cardinals. That is going to be an incorrect, John. It is the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, boo. What twins who were born in 1986 became TV stars in 1987 on Full House? <laughs> That's going to be Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. That's wrong. No, it's totally right. Man, I got lucky this week. You got hard questions. I did get hard questions. Moving on to trends, tech, and fun. In Back to the Future, which trendy fashion designer's name was printed on Marty McFly's underwear, leading Lorraine to think that was his name? Is it Calvin Klein? It is Calvin Klein. All right. So, kind of like Coach Clatt. <laughs> so, th- so three, two. All right. What was the popular baby name for girls in the U.S. in the 1980s? Jessica, Tiffany, or Ashley? Ashley. It's definitely not Ashley. It is Jessica. Damn it. That was going to be my... I should have went with my gut. Then our last one. The moment that I've been waiting for. The Stranger Things category. What is Lucas's last name? Fuck! <laughs> Son of a bitch. For a second, I thought I said, what is Lucas's first name? And I was like, it is Lucas. <laughs> Johnson. It is Sinclair. Uh, what is the first scene of season one? The boys playing Dungeons and Dragons. So that's one of the options. Oh, there's. So it's a, it's a, there are three options. You, oh, okay, you jumped sorry. out ahead of it. So the boys playing D&D, 11 undergoing tests in the lab, or a scientist running from the Demogorgon. Ah, shit. I already answered, but it's the scientist going from the it doesn't, it, it, I'm going to give it to you anyway, because you would have gotten it if I'd read the answer. The answers for you. Uh, but you were already ahead anyway. So Either way, win. That's going to wrap it up for trivia. That's a win for me, not to brag. But if you enjoyed that trivia, and if you found that news interesting, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can get news and crazy trivia every week. And while you're at it, if you're going to subscribe, why not download the PodCoin app? So you can find this app on the iOS App Store and on the Google Play Store. And basically what it does is every week you listen to all of your favorite podcasts because they have all of them. And uh, you get paid PodCoins to listen to it. And those are things that can be redeemed using uh, Amazon gift cards or Starbucks gift cards, or there are certain items like there's a pair of Bose headphones on there right now that look pretty sick. So all you have to do is download the app. If you use our code PORCELAIN, that'll get you 300 pod coins right off the bat just for signing up. Boom. Yeah. You're it, welcome. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, it's the only way I listen to podcasts now. It's, That's crazy. I mean, it's, it's convenient because, I mean, on top of that, you have the option to spend those things on things that you want, but you can also spend them putting the coins towards charity, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, the one that I donated to most recently was um, feeding shelter dogs. Oh, I can get behind that. Yeah. All things considered, because we just got a mascot. <laughs> the uh, the old porcelain pup. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to show you guys a picture of him sometime. His name is Ziggy, and he's crazy. Yeah, we're going to post a picture on Instagram. We'll do it. If Go back in the lexicon. You'll see it on Thursday. Thursday of last week. That being said, then let's go ahead and jump into our discussion on Black Mirror. So while you're listening on your Black Mirror, we're going to talk about Black Mirror. Yeah, I would say jumping into anything discussing Black Mirror is maybe not the right words. Maybe kind of like 
lazily, depressively just sauntering towards black, <laughs> talking about Black Mirror. Uh, Real quick, we always forget to do this. I'm remembering there are going to be spoilers. Yes, yeah, spoilers right. for the entire fifth season. Yes. So you know now. And, uh, you know, watch them. It's not too bad. It's only three episodes, about three hours. So it's like watching the Titanic. Yeah. But less depressing. <laughs> or more depressing. <laughs> Some... Depending on where you're going. But, I mean, if we're going to talk about that, then for me, honestly, I was expecting it to be more depressing. I think I kind of held Black Mirror up to this high standard of depression, and it wasn't too bad. I think that episode one and episode three, they had depressing elements, but they were not nearly as... They didn't end on that downbeat, even though I still think... Episode one, I still think that ended on a downbeat. Just, it was a different take on it it like had a veneer of a happy ending kind of like slapped over the top of some pretty rough stuff that those those three people were gonna have to deal with um but let's let's jump into the episode so episode one uh striking vipers was bonkers and i didn't know where it was going yeah and it feels very much like a black mirror episode but then about 15 20 minutes in you're kind of like all right what's the what's the catch yeah because there's always a catch with black mirror and it's at it's kind of like you were saying with that at Astro movie where it's in the future, but things still kind of feel normal and like now ish. Right. Yeah. And even before that, their house is very outdated. almost. Yeah. So that was interesting to kind of get that juxtaposition between time periods. And I like that aspect of it. This one stars Anthony Mackie and you might know him from the Falcon or Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> Some more spoilers. More spoilers. But, and he was great. I, don't usually see him in a lot of other stuff. I mean, I'm sure I have in the past, but didn't really know who he was. But he, he did great in this. He was in the Adjustment Bureau, the movie with Matt Damon with the with the hats and the going through random doors. I, no, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually based off a book, mm-hmm. I think, by Philip K. Dick. He was good. His performance was great. Actually, all the acting for this first episode was fantastic. Yeah. And they make it believable. There was this one scene in particular where I was like, That's good acting. They have futuristic phones. They have, I guess, maybe not too distant future. Mm. They have touch flip phones, like smart flip phones, which we're probably getting, and I already have some of them. But the way that he is talking and then the character gets frustrated and is like, oh, man, and then like kind of flips it in frustration. Yeah. It was seamless. Like he used that device every day, which you want to believe that he does. Mm -hmm. And it's very subtle things like that where I was like, that's cool. And people aren't going to notice that. But I was very hyper aware of what was going on, and I was like, "That's that's tight. That's good acting, and that's good writing to have something like that put into an episode." Yeah, well, and they bring back the same internal VR kit uh, from a lot of previous episodes. Uh, probably the most popular of those episodes being USS Callister. And so, basically, the whole concept is is that these two guys play this game, and then they both grow up. And then they try to use that game to kind of reconnect, but they reconnect in uh, nefarious ways. Um, so I like that connection to USS Callister. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, they go into a fighting game. Yeah. So it's like Mortal Kombat or Tekken. Uh, I think uh, Street Fighter, I think, is where the, where the reference is supposed to be headed. Either way. <laughs> One of the fighting games. Yeah. But then that reminded me of Bandersnatch, mm-hmm. where they have that fighting scene in his therapist's office if you got to that yeah. line. Of Which we, we, we both did, yeah. Right, so that was pretty cool. And so I liked them kind of weaving in other Black Mirror into this season. 
And I know that they've done that in the past, but I always like to look out for that kind of stuff. And, yeah. And for me, it's like a fan service. I like that. It's like a little treat. Well, and it's like it shows that like in some ways the worlds are connected because it is an anthology series, but they find little touches to like maybe say that like, hey, these certain episodes are connected in one universe and then these other episodes are connected in a different universe. It's an interesting concept and it kind of adds a little more weird, creepy shit about Black Mirror, which doesn't need any more weird, creepy shit. Like, <laughs> I, I like that. I dig it. Yeah, it's this Black Mirror universe that's probably terrifying. Yeah. So they hook up, they're fighting, and then during the fight, they their characters, while they're in this virtual reality, begin to make out yeah. and get physically into each other. And eventually that escalates, and then they start having sex in it. Yeah. And it becomes kind of this weird virtual love affair that the Anthony Mackie's character feels bad about. Yeah. Well, you can tell that they both do. In ways they kind of feel ashamed of it, but they also can't t- can't move away from it. And I think that this episode is definitely calling to uh, uh, the new modern phenomenon of gaming disorder, which I hate that name. It's stupid. It makes no sense. It's gaming addiction. Just call it gaming addiction. But that's what they're alluding to is like that for some people being in this kind of virtual scenario is more enticing to them than living their real lives. That's how you run into problems like people in Japan, you know, couples going to an internet cafe and being there for 40 hours and forgetting they left a baby at the, at their apartment and then coming back to a dead baby. Like that's like, there are crazy stories like that all over the place. And like, this kind of like shows you some of the strings as to like how those things get, get you sucked in. I mean, it's obviously a little different in this scenario because I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know if there are that many games where there's a physical component like that, but that second life game, things get pretty raunchy. Yeah. It's not VR, but yeah, I know that one's like that, but I see, I'm not familiar with that. So the way that I took this episode was that it was the idea of just being homosexual yeah. Right. And what that means and how that relates to different cultures. Cause I feel like, and this could be wrong, but when we get a lot of homosexuality in the media, it typically is like Caucasian mm-hmm. people. And I know that different cultures, you know, someone who's part Hispanic, different cultures have different ways of handling things like that. Yeah. Like I have a family member that came out gay on my Hispanic side and it was, no one talked about it and it was weird and we just like left it alone. You know what I mean? But I know that, and I mean, that could be just my family and it could be just, or it could be a cultural thing, but I know other people that are, have, you know, same cultural background where it's like, well, I can't tell my family that Mm -hmm. I'm homosexual or that I'm bisexual or anything like that because of how they'll respond. And so this looked at, I think a black perspective of what that could mean and how it is still very secretive, even where at a point now where it's a lot more commonplace and a lot more accepted this is in the future, and the these black characters are still having a hard time dealing with those kind of feelings and those kind of emotions. Yeah. I don't know if any of that came through to you. But. I mean, I could, like I said, I could definitely see kind of like some aspects of that. I mean, they, right. especially with the way that they talk about it and like how like ingrained that feeling is for them. Like they, they, they mention it after the, the first time that they actually have sex. I don't remember what the other gentleman's name is, um, but he, as Palm Clementif 
is uh, uh, saying, well, I guess that makes us gay now. And then Anthony Mackie's character gets super offended by that. And that's, like I said, that is, you know, ingrained, like, homophobia, essentially. Like, I mean, and that, I mean, it's been said for decades now, you know, when you look at somebody who is potentially very homophobic, typically that means that they're probably having feelings themselves and don't know how to navigate them. It's interesting that they've taken that approach, but they also, like... They don't really end up gay in the end, which I think also kind of shows the fluidity of how sexuality works, which, like I said, that all makes sense and that all checks out. And I, I really liked the themes of this story. You know, I, I think that, like I said, I think that the ending, because they go through this whole process, they're meeting and they're hooking up with each other on the, on like a nightly basis. And like, you can tell it's having an effect on Anthony Mackie and his marriage because he's married with a kid trying to have a second. To a female. Yeah, to a female. And she's noticing and picking up on the fact that he's distant and she thinks that he's cheating and she thinks that there are these other things going on in his life. And it's a conversation that they have when he forgets their anniversary. When that, because that's not the type of guy that he is. He forgets their anniversary. So they, they plan a dinner and they sit down and she reads him the riot act and is basically just like, hey, this is, you know, I'm right here in front of you. Like, we need to make this work. And that causes him to second guess what he's doing. And so he puts it away for, I think it's like, like almost a year, like several months. Yeah. It's, it's close to, because she's like happy birthday. Yeah. And he originally got the game for his birthday. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, it's around there because she's not pregnant. Right. And yeah. then has the kid. So it's gotta be at least what, nine or 10 months. Yeah. So they, um, they end up the, the, the two gentlemen end up arguing about it because they they have differing opinions at this point. One of them is trying to save his, save his family and save his actual lifestyle. And the other one is, at this point, he's trying to chase the dragon. He's trying to catch that high again because he's playing a female character and he's never experienced that kind of feeling as having an orgasm as a woman. And he's like super tripping about it and he's just all about it and like the the whole like list of things that he tried to do to try to fill that gap is fucking uh, like i fucked a bear yeah yeah i fucked a polar bear that one is is a, that line is a little funny but like the whole concept it's like it reminds me of the movie shame with uh michael fassbender where they're talking about sexual addiction and it's like that shit is pretty terrifying it's one of those things where if I were in that situation, I would try to walk away from it. I would try to like, I would, I don't want that kind of thing, like holding that type of a power over, over me in my life. Right. And I, but I can see like the, like the folding to it and just being like, I'm just going to go with this because I like it. Well, I think along those lines too, if a case could be made that it's also about your gender identity, right? Mm -hmm. So he, obviously he's a male, but then he gets a taste of what it is to be a female. And so he kind of questions that, like, I yeah. like this. So I don't know, maybe I don't know who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he is this kind of like a sleazy guy who has these one night stands and kind of changes his tune and it doesn't do the same for him anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's not really about the act. It's about how it feels for him. Yeah. And so I think that a case could be made that it is, has ties to that as well. But overall, I thought it was, it was, it was a really good episode. It was kind of depressing, but not in the same way that the episodes usually are. And then not the same way that the next one is right. Um, and the the final confrontation with them where Anthony Mackie's like, let's see if this is real. 
let's just kiss. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was not expecting it to go that direction. It was very straightforward and to the point. And I was like, all right, let's see it. And then it seemed for a second that like Anthony Mackie's character was a little bit into it. Mm-hmm. But then the other character wasn't. And I couldn't tell if either of them were lying or what the idea was behind that. But then they continue to do this virtual relationship as the years go on. Yeah. So it ends up being a thing where uh, they get into a f- – after they try to kiss and it doesn't work out, they f- they get into a fist fight. Which kind of blends that idea that Bandersnatch blended where it's like a reality versus the game. virtual yeah. and all that. And this blurs even more with that same idea. I like that too. And so they end up getting picked up by the police. Uh, his wife comes to pick him up. And from there, they um, he spills the beans. We don't get to see that part, but he spills the beans as to what happened. And one thing that this season did more than I think any other season did was they kept things going after the credits rolled. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that, to be no. honest with you. Because it was like, well, that's the end of the story, and that's that's when you should be done. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that they've done. They kind of did it with Bandersnatch, depending on what ending you got. I just I didn't like it. I was like, let's have that be part of the story. Well, with Bandersnatch, it makes a little more sense just because you don't know really when it's going to end, right. and that's fine. But in this situation, they did it with all three outings, and I didn't like it. Yeah, I was But a fan. That's, a, that's a super huge nitpick. I don't know, though, because when you hit the credits, like unless you're doing an end scene like with a Marvel movie where it's mm-hmm. not technically related to what you just watched, then it's not a complete story. Yeah. Right? So we get the ending. And then it's like, oh, what the fuck? Especially with like the last one. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. And then what they add after still plays into it. And that could have easily just been tagged on and then yeah. done the credits. So for me, it's not a nitpick. It's like that's part of the story. And I want to know that part. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But either way, they um, they show that basically now they've got this uh, agreement set up to where like on certain days, like instead of having like the anniversary sex or the birthday sex or whatever, like – you get handed, he gets handed his virtual reality chip or whatever as kind of like, here, you've been a good boy for all these months. Let, you can go after it. And that, like like I said, it's it's great that they came up with an agreement to make it work, but I still feel like there's a negative there. Like it's Well, then she gets to go out, and it wasn't 100% clear whether she gets to sleep with other men or just gets to kind of have like a flirt relationship with other men yeah she gets to go out and get hit on or hit on other people and whatever that whole deal is yeah so she goes out takes a ring off and kind of has a night to herself so yeah. yeah a little bit depressing yeah i don't like i said i think that 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 also has some commentary on like how marriage works in our society and stuff too and i i think that like i said i think that that ending has a because everyone is happy at the end it like it gives that like kind of feeling of like, Oh, this was an attempt at a happy ending, but it feels depressing. Yeah. And it just feels like it just has kind of a sloppy, happy end veneer over the top of it. And I like that idea too. Yeah. Where it's, it's both, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's almost more fucked up. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know how to feel. And I kind of like being torn between two ideas, but overall, this was a, a really solid episode. I wouldn't put it anywhere in like my top 10 episodes, but it is a very solid episode. It's definitely not towards the bottom. For this season itself, I'd say definitely number two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one is the second episode. Yeah, and let's get into. Let's go ahead and get into that. So yeah, this one actually takes place in 2018, mm-hmm. which I thought was a cool idea, and it is about a guy who is doing a right. lift type, like a ride share. Yeah, and he is out in front of this building, picks up a couple people, drives them around, and it's, a, it's like, okay, where's this going again? And then eventually he picks up a guy. Well, they also. 
he they stop at a grief counseling like oh, that's seminar right. thing too. That's right. And I like that. And so uh, that for me was good. Another example of good writing because then you, when more stuff unfolds at the end, you already have an idea what mm-hmm. was coming. I thought it was going to be a kid that he had lost. Yeah. And so it ends up being his wife. But so he goes to this grief counseling, meets a person. And they and, hook up. Right. And then she's like, oh, yeah, my daughter died. I'm trying to get into her, her something account. I think some it was social like Instagram. Me- yeah, some type. social media account to see if there was a reason because her daughter had committed suicide. So she's trying to figure out why. So then from there, he picks up a guy and then kidnaps him, changes cars, zip ties him, and then ends up getting chased by the police. Mm-hmm. And they end up in this field. And this is where a majority of the episode takes place with him and the the kidnappy, <laughs> the hostage, I guess, yeah. in a car and the police surrounding them and them trying to figure out what's going on. So the guy kidnapping is played by Andrew Scott. Moriarty from Sherlock, if, you, if you've seen that, which I'm sure you have. Right, and his, his character's name is Chris, and the guy that he kidnaps' name is Jaden. So they're in the car, and they're surrounded by the police, and all that Chris wants to do is get a hold of Topher Grace's character named Billy, who is the head of this company called Smithereens, So ba- essentially... It's Facebook. Facebook, yeah. 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 Basically, this character is supposed to be Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And this this the way this story unfolds is... For it being like pretty confined to this one field is incredibly intense and very exciting, and uh, it's absolutely beautifully played. Like the all of the characters have like super uh, relatable goals and motives. Uh, Andrew Scott puts in a fucking incredible performance. Oh my god, dude! I was like, I know that shows aren't nominated for Oscars, but yeah. give this guy an Oscar. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, like when he starts to really dig in and kind of tell his story, like I was in tears. Like it's just. When he's like, I don't know, blubbering yeah. and just lean, sinking down into his seat and talking about the night of the crash. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, man. Like that, I I don't know. That's crazy yeah. that people can act like that and make you feel so much. Well, and it, you can see the emotions on his face. Like, I, I mean, like he is an incredible actor and I hope that there's a huge future ahead of him. And I felt like this was a really interesting take from Topher Grace as well. Like, I was expecting him to be a little bit distracting. Yeah, just because he's but he he fit in and like he kind of played up what you think about these people who are like the figureheads for these large tech corporations. Maybe it's something that got out of their control and they don't know what to do anymore. And now they're just there to be the face. And I like that idea. And he Andrew Scott, Chris is telling him, like, you made this, you know what you're doing. You made this addicting. Like, why are you not doing something to stop this? It's a problem for people. Mm. It's like. Why you know if you're making cocaine? Why are you making cocaine? Yeah, and then and he's he doesn't have an answer for him. Like you were saying, it's just something that he created. It was never supposed to be like this. Yeah, and it got away from him. And now he's got a huge board of directors that he has to obey, and that are more in control of the company than he is at this point. And it's sad. Yeah. And so what happens is Andrew Scott's character is driving one night and with his wife and she's asleep in the passenger seat and he gets a notification, picks up his phone and in the three seconds that it takes him to look at his phone and set it back down, he's already running into another car who happens to be a drunk driver. Yes. So the drunk driver gets blamed, but Andrew Scott, obviously he feels the guilt, right? Yeah. And he stayed that stays with him. And so he has to go through the rest of his life 
telling everybody that he's so sad about what happened and not admitting that it that he believes yeah, that, that it's his fault. Mm-hmm. And so he's carrying around all that grief with him and it's just eating away at him until he finally does this. Yeah. And he doesn't intentionally want to hurt anybody. He just wants to get on the phone with Billy to release that grief. Yeah. And then his plan is to release himself, to kill himself. Yeah. So it was it was pretty sad. Mm-hmm. And and fuck, dude. I mean, it was definitely the saddest episode. And it hits pretty close to home because yes. we are living in that world now. Facebook is addicting. People are addicted to their phones. People yes. are addicted to social media. I mean, I, I personally had to delete the Instagram app off my phone because I was, I would check it all the time. Yeah. So for me, that was the best way to stop doing that. So I, I get it. It's, and it's so ingrained and it's such a part of us now to the point where, you know, we're wearing stuff or it's in our pockets or we have it accessible at all times. It's pretty crazy. And it, it, it is very much a black mirror idea where it's like, we're surrounded by these things and they, are they helping us or are they hurting us? Of the three episodes, this is the one that feels the most Black Mirror. It ends in a very, very somber for a second and then just kind of like it plays it off as almost like a joke. But like a joke that's not meant to make you laugh, but that's meant to make you like angry. They don't show him. So basically what ends up happening is after all the struggle, after he finally gets on the phone with Billy and after he finally gets to say everything he wanted to say. um, Well, and on top of that, he also... Um, rather than extorting him for anything, he gets he gets help for the woman who's trying to get into her into her daughter's. That was account. super cool, dude. Yeah. Um. So he's like, "Hey, do you know this guy who runs this other Instagram? company?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I know that guy." So the guy sends the the woman that he slept with the code to get into her daughter's account, and I was like, "Dude." I don't know. That, I mean, that's it's great writing, and yeah. it's a it's a callback that you don't even you're not even thinking about anymore. You've already long since forgotten about her, and then when they do that, you're just like, "Oh shit, the girl! What the hell?" Like it's like it's meant to be shocking, and it totally works. It plays super well, and it's again sad, mm-hmm. you know, and it touches back on that sadness from the grief circle. Yeah, it's like fuck, dude. That one, that one, I couldn't watch the next episode after that was okay. Because typically back mirror, I'll watch one and take a break. Yeah. And that one, I felt like that. Yeah. And then as far as like how the ending goes, like they finally get through this whole process and the character Jaden basically has to watch this whole thing go down in like handcuffs in the back seat. He's all zip tied up and everything. And the fact that by the end of it, after he cuts him out of the zip ties and says, hey, get out of the car. And like he like he Jaden already knows what Chris is about to do is like, hey, like. I'm not getting out of the car. Like you don't have to kill yourself. Don't do this. It shows how impactful he's been and how relatable the story is and how understanding like, and how easy it is to empathize with that, that situation. And as a viewer, you feel the same. You're like, like, I like, there are so many things you could do. Like you don't have to end it, but like, I also don't feel your grief or understand. And so they struggle over the gun as Jaden's basically trying to save his life. And because they start to struggle, the police get involved and they end up taking a shot and you don't get to see it. They, they shoot the car and you, and you understand what's happened. He's dead. But the release you get it from is people getting notifications on their phones. Right. It's weird. And that's another thing that they do during the credits. 
But I, like I said, I still think that like the way that like if if they cut cut the credit thing out, like I said, this episode is still. I think it's one of the top episodes of this show. I think it's if it's not top ten, it's right there on the edge. And the way that they show it, and basically people just like that whole thing, this huge thing that's had such an impact over you for the last hour, is now just equating to people looking at their phones and putting them away. I think that that's uh, it relates to how. Review news today exactly. too, right? Where crazy shit happens, like oh, that's crazy, and then you go to the next thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's such a good episode, mm-hmm. and it's so relatable, and it's so connected to now and yeah. how we view social media and news and and other people. And I, I like the struggle with them and two in the car with Jaden and Chris in the car because from the outside it looks one way, mm-hmm. and then from the inside it's something completely different. Yeah. I think maybe a case could be made about, you know, the police and everything that goes on with that stuff over the last couple of years and how we view the police and how they view situations. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't really want to get into that because it's not super heavy on the episode. And then it's just Topher, you know, his character, Billy, is just meditating on it. Yeah. He had already said that he doesn't really want to do this kind of stuff anymore. And so yeah. we kind of see him contemplating his next step, mm-hmm. I guess. We don't really 100% know. But overall, I mean, definitely my number one episode of this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's so is. real and visceral. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, intense. Definitely, like I said, it's the best episode of the season. Uh, Striking Vipers is a, is a decent episode. And I and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about the next episode as well. But they just don't come close. So the last episode, I've heard a lot of people don't like, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are giving Black Mirror shit for it, and so I went in with a little bit of hesitation. So yeah. this one has Miley Cyrus in it, and honestly, like overall, I enjoyed the episode. I yeah. thought it was good. Yeah, I it doesn't feel nearly as Black Mirror. Um, Some stuff. Yeah. The, I mean, obviously, the talking robot, but <laughs> uh, like... Well, and like some of the way that they use technology and everything, yeah, that's all very Black Mirror. But like just like the way that they told the story, it just felt different. But I didn't have a problem with it. No, it was people were hating on Miley. I thought she did fine. Yeah, and she like she people forget that before she was a singer, she was an actress. She started on a television show for fucking five years. Like I you learn a lot. Some of the criticism I did hear about this episode was that it was like like just a, like an adult was, version of Hannah Montana, <laughs> and it does kind of feel like that, which I. Don't mind. like, But I like them playing with that idea. That's probably why they cast Miley Cyrus, or maybe mm-hmm. they wrote it for her. I don't really know the logistics of that. But who else better to do it than somebody that's done it? Yeah. And I thought she did good. So there's two kind of storylines going on until they eventually merge. We have a little uh, younger girl, like preteen or a young like, teen. Four, like 14 or 15. And she's obsessed with a pop star named Ashley. Mm-hmm. Ashley O, and that's Miley Cyrus's character. So by day, she's a pop star with this pink hair or purple purple or pink i I think it was like somewhere in between purple and by night she it's a wig and she's kind of like this dark and a little bit more depressed person Mm -hmm. and so i I, for me there's a couple things that this episode reminded me of so not only that but overall it reminded me of just miley cyrus in general where people perceived her one way but really she was something else and then she came out as that something else she got a lot of shit for it Mm -hmm. you know and so there was that idea and then another idea that i kind of thought about during the whole episode was Apple because eventually they get this doll and it's Ashley two T O O and it's like her consciousness in a doll. And when she opened it, it was that big square white box and it like slid up and I was like, dude, that's, I remember getting an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> that was very similar to that idea. And then when the end and the aunt has that conference, mm-hmm. our announcement, 
and it's like this is the new product. I was like, wow, this this is giving me flashbacks to some keynotes. <laughs> like that's super weird. And so I, I think it was kind of playing on that idea of technology again, obviously because it's Black Mirror, yeah, and what that means and what lengths we're willing to go to to give people what they want and for us to be successful for mm-hmm. well that person to be successful. So that was kind of cool. But one of the biggest themes for me, and I don't know if you felt this way was anxiety. Definitely. Anxiety is a, is a huge part of it. Uh, they show um, like different types of like stage fright and like, like try like trying to prepare to like be in front of people. But like in one way, somebody trying to pretend to be somebody that they they're out. They, somebody besides who they are because they don't think that they're good enough. And on the other hand, someone who is desperately trying to be the person they actually are, but are being forced into this box because of what's been created for them. And like you get a lot of tension from that. It's a very interesting struggle. And like I said, part of the reason why I feel like a lot of people aren't liking this episode, you know, people are complaining about Miley Cyrus and all that, but it feels like there's too many things going on at certain points. But once they all start to connect, it definitely feels more cohesive. Right. I mean, the whole mousetrap thing was kind of thrown in and then it ended up only being a reason why they were able to get into Ashley O's house. Yeah. So that's kind of loose. And so that's not probably the best writing, but it's mm-hmm. still at least it wasn't at a left field. Yeah. And so we have hints of that throughout the whole thing. The dad was kind of a useless character throughout the whole thing, but I guess kids got to have parents. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I liked the technology, mm-hmm. some of the weird futuristic stuff where you can pull dreams note that of dreams and pull out consciousness from dreams or plant consciousness into other items, which we've seen in previous episodes of black mirror. Yeah. And so that idea gets refleshed up and, and fleshed out a little bit too. So I like that. It wasn't great. No. And it was, but it was very sad in a different way because it's like, well, that sucks for Ashley O's character who can't feel what she wants to feel. And her aunt who's supposed to be her caregiver after she's lost her parents is just out to make money. Yeah. Which is fucked up, dude. Played very well. Like I said, it was a, you were made to hate her, and she played that very well. And like the the concept of the way that all the technology here works, where like you can take like parts of consciousnesses and put them into devices, but also limit them so that they like aren't quite the same, is is pretty scary. That could be us right now. Yeah, maybe our consciousness is limited. Yeah, um, Black Mirror. <laughs> But like I said, I think that this is a fine episode. Yeah, it's definitely not the worst episode. No, no, no. There are de- there have definitely been some some episodes that weren't were not nearly as as well put together as this one is. And I like that they went with the three episode formula again. And if they release more episodes for this season, but they do it later down the line with a little more production time, I'm cool with that. Maybe another Christmas special. Yeah, because the last Christmas special was fantastic. Like right. Christmas is one of the best episodes. I, I mean, I really, really liked Bandersnatch. I hope that they try something again in that kind of format where they allow you to make decisions. And I think that there were a lot of things that they did really well and a couple things they could have worked on. Right. But they got feedback. They got they, it's all over the internet. There are a lot of people who really loved Bandersnatch. It's like, but there are little things they can do to tweak it and make it that much better. Agreed. And I think if they attempted it again, it would be better. Yeah. And Black Mirror doesn't really shit the bed. And so I wouldn't say this season's bad. It's just probably one of the weaker of the five. Yes. I'd say that it's that with one and two, I mean, obviously they stuck with like the three episode formula and they were still being done by BBC and they were, they were very, very poignant and they were in your face. And there was something about those first two seasons that really struck really well. And then, 
season three, it, they they got very ambitious when they would move to Netflix and when they started bringing American actors in and everything, and they tried to make it really big and tried to make a lot of episodes. And I think that's where a lot of your weaker episodes are at. But are people in season- love that. There's episodes from season three that are fan favorites, like Nosedive. People oh, yeah, no, Nosedive. Nosedive is a fantastic and episode. San Junipero. But there are some episodes that are a little bit weaker right. in season three. And I think season four, they tried to, they tried to tune that in a little bit. Because like I said, there are some some fan favorites in season four as well. Like I said, USS Callister, we talk about that one all the time. Right. That is my favorite episode. And it's fucking terrifying. So good. Such a great episode. And they're talking about making a show based off just that idea, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I So I would say that I would put this somewhere probably between seasons four and five, as, or seasons four and three as far as quality is concerned. Obviously, one and two are going to be like the pinnacles because they... They were when the idea was still fresh and new, but I think that there are still plenty of other things they can do. I know that there some of these are retreading some territory a little bit, but I mean it's hard to necessarily equate technology to every aspect of someone's life. Right. I mean, and I think a case could be made not, not even necessarily retreading, but kind of tying stuff in. Yeah. But for me, I think it was probably my least favorite season. I really liked one, obviously. And two had playtest in it, which is such a good episode mm-hmm. and terrifying in an actual like horror sense. Yeah. And I thought three and four were great. You know? So for yeah, for me this is probably my least favorite season, but I would be interested to kind of watch them all together to see how it holds up in that idea because the last thing I watched was Bandersnatch, and it was such this grand idea. Yeah. And Black Mirror has been kind of built up a lot as being this phenomenal show. And I think even you've said it in previous episodes where even the worst episode of Black Mirror is still top-notch compared to some of the shit that's on TV right now. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, I will, Do you still feel like that? I, I, even, like I said, even after seeing these episodes, I would still stand behind that statement. Like I said, there are still some episodes that aren't quite as good, but they're not. none of them are bad. Right. And, and I they don't all, think the Miley Cyrus one's bad. No, I don't think so either. I think it's good. It's not great, but it's still a good episode. I, but I, I think that there's this weird territory that people get into. A, they see, they see the concept for something and they want to hate it based on principle. And they don't give it the time of day. They assume that anytime anybody who makes a lot of money and is in the public eye is struggling with anything, they, they're quick to assume that like oh they can't actually be having legitimate problems because they're rich because they finally made all the things that they wanted to happen happen it doesn't mean that there aren't like shit aspects of that right like it has to be something that you you have to understand like humans are still humans like there's i mean just because somebody has a good voice or they play football well or you know they are able to create a really cool video game doesn't mean that they aren't a person at their core. And I think that that's the problem that a lot of people run into is that they see these people as not people anymore. I think that that is another thing that I thought about now that you mentioned it during the episode was the idea of this was an episode maybe kind of for celebrities. Yeah. It's kind of voice their opinions. I think especially Miley, but I don't think that it is limited to her. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, there's two sides to being a celebrity. Sure, we have a lot of money and sure, we get to do a lot of dope shit, but like privacy yeah. or expectations. And I think even with Charlie Brooker as the writer and creator of this show, he has expectations. And so he has to live up to that. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And we see a lot of pressure on franchises and on filmmakers and on creatives because of social media nowadays, like with the Sonic 
the hedgehog backlash and yeah. with the game of thrones backlash and these petitions to change things like hey we created something like that we did our job so you just get to form an opinion about that now yeah. like you get to consume it but you don't get to have say in our creative process and yeah so, and I, you know, like you were saying, there's two sides. So you get to see there's the public side, and then there's the, I guess, the dark side. Yeah. Of that, and so that came up a lot in this episode for me, where it's like we don't know. <sighs> so do you want to do you want to rate it? Uh, I don't know if this is something you can necessarily rate. Like, I think it's very subjective, and it yeah. kind of depends on your relationship with technology. Because mm-hmm. some people might think addiction to technology is crazy, and other people might think it's the downfall of our society yeah. and how social media is making us more antisocial. And then it runs the gamut all the way in between those two points. Right. So, all right, then let's not, let's yeah, not rate it. Like I said, I don't think that it, I think that, that stacking it up against the rest of the series, I think we've, we've already done that. I think that's probably about as good as you can do with black mirror. I don't feel like this has been a negative point for black mirror at all. I feel like it's still very black mirror and I'm excited for them to keep making things. And I hope that, the negative response that some of these episodes are getting doesn't push them away from losing Charlie Brooker. Yeah. Cause he has been the writer from day one and I think he's done a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of having one person have reign over a series as long as it's still working. Yeah. And I thought the episode still worked. Yes, yeah, they definitely still work. So that is going to wrap it up for our discussion on Black Mirror Season 5. If you have the same opinions, let us know. If you have differing opinions, definitely let us know. Was there themes that we missed that you saw in these episodes? Send it to us and let us know. And you can do that at porcelainpeak.com or on any of our socials. Before we end the episode, though, let's do our watch list. Patrick, what is it? Where are you going? I've got to return some videotapes. So I, uh, I will admit I haven't been watching a ton of spooky stuff or horror or sci-fi related things because Black Mirror is, it's a lot. Yeah. It, is, it is pretty draining. And, and although the season wasn't as depressing as I guess I wanted it to be in a weird <laughs> way, I still felt the, the pull of that. So what I have been watching is Psych. So that doesn't, super relate to horror but there is one episode (laughs) which i love it's in season four of psych and it's episode 16 and it's called mr yin presents so there's a killer in the series that pops up more than once this is the second episode to that and it is the entire episode is completely based around hitchcock films so you get stuff from psycho you get stuff from 39 steps you get stuff from north by northwest i mean it runs the gamut of Hitchcock homages. It's fantastic. And so if you're a Hitchcock fan who is the master of suspense, then I think this episode is for you. And it's fun being somebody who is a fan of Hitchcock, watching something like this and getting to piece those little bits together. And so I would recommend that episode. Again, that's Psych. (laughs) Season 4, episode 16. Check it out. Obviously, if you haven't already finished off Stranger Things Season 2, you should do that. We are going to be talking about it next week on our next episode. So uh, be prepared for that. We will also be finishing off Stranger Things Season 2 to make sure that we're ready. Season 3 is coming quick. Season 3 is right around the corner. I am really stoked for it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to sign up for DC Universe and I'm going to watch those episodes that are out for Swamp Thing. Because in my opinion, it's something where you vote with your dollar. Like The more people who see it, 
and the more people who talk about loving it, the more likely it is is that the you know, that the big wigs at DC, at Warner Brothers, at those different places will uh, get off their butts and go talk to James Wan and make this work because James Wan does great work, and I feel like if this is if this is what I think it's going to be when I sit down to watch it, it needs to keep going. Oh, also. I'm going to be checking out uh, Men in Black International uh, this evening, so keep an eye out for my review, and I'll probably talk about it uh, a little bit here as well. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You can find us out on the web. It's going to be, again, at porcelainpeak.com. You can also hit us up on any of our socials. That's going to be Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and all of those are at Porcelain Peak. And again, don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe. We are on a plethora of platforms, basically anywhere where you get podcasts. That's going to be Apple Podcasts. It's going to be the Google Play Store, Stitcher. Spotify, TuneIn, and like we mentioned, PodCoin. And again, if you use our code PORCELAIN, you get 300 free coins. So check that out and get paid to listen to this episode and any of your favorite podcasts. And as always, thanks for listening. Keep it strange. A Hyperforge Alpha Network production. 